Faulkner from Real IQ. Here we are again bringing you uh, New Zealand's leading property management podcast uh, coming to you out of our studio in Wellington. We've got a special guest up in Auckland today uh, speaking to us today uh, from Leading Property Managers Association. It's Ashley Giles. Ashley, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Oh, David, thank you for having me. Absolutely brilliant. And um, I like it. it's a leading property uh, broadcast by the Leading Property Managers Association, so it all ties in nicely. <laughs> yeah, that's good to hear. Now, you're going to be a busy guy, so thank you very much. We don't keep you time for too long. You're a very busy man at the moment, aren't you? You've got the uh, the LPMA conference coming up in, in uh, early September. Um, how's that yeah, looking? Three weeks out now. Three weeks yeah, out. Three weeks out now, so um, it's getting to crunch time. Um, look, it's great. We've got a really, really good uptake of um, people coming through and, and a lot of good inquiries about what's actually happening in the conference. So excited to share that. We've got some great speakers, yours truly as well. Oh, David, yes. thank you for being one of our speakers at the conference. Um, and yeah, it's a really kind of exciting time. But um, as you say, I wear multiple hats. I've got three young kids and you know we've got a business in Auckland as well. So it's um, never a dull day, that's for sure. So you've become you know almost one of our leaders now. Um, within the industry, but I, I look at your background, and we actually have a, a little bit of a similar similar background in, in in hospitality. So, you know, what what made you take that leap? I mean, did you just like many of us fall into property management? Uh, was it a passion to get into it? I, su- I suspect to know how you got into it. Can you like us to, to share that story? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, I guess. Long story short, I've always loved property. Um, so I started my first business at 17. I was, I was young, I was no good at school, fell out of the system, and um, started my first restaurant and loved that and was quite successful. And I bought my first house at 18 and um, in Queenstown and uh, turned it immediately into a rental after knocking the bathroom out and doing all of those things and um, decided to manage it myself, which was my first folly, I guess oh, you could say. yes, yes. Um, I did that for a little bit. And then um, actually met Hayley Stevenson, ironically, as um, renting through her and her help me out with that and so I guess property always felt like it was in in the cards for me but it took another um, almost 15 years for me to actually get into property management and I traveled the world and did a few different things and it wasn't until we came back to Auckland to help my mother-in-law set up her little um, back office and have her retirement plan of 30 properties so she could tick away quietly that we realized what a great business opportunity this was and how if we actually applied a real service model to it we could do something great so that's, I guess, how we fell into it. It's um, everyone I meet has a similar story of how they accidentally became a property management business owner, but um, everyone is there for similar reasons. So they believe in it as a as a future vehicle. So you're from so you're from the deep south. You're from Central Otago. That's that's your home patch. Yeah, I was born in Christchurch, but uh, Central Otago since 1984. My dad started a jet boat company down there, and um, so yeah, grew up in the deep south, and so. Um, yeah, it's a pretty special part of the world. So I, I, I may even to be back there. I, I may even have had a ride on one of those jet boats when I was over there playing rugby in the mid nineties. Who knows? Who knows? I think, I think we had that conversation about that. We've, we've got to cross paths. It's a small world. Yeah, it is a small world. It is a small world. So Haley Stevenson got you know helped you out, and Haley Stevenson, uh, famous from from Housemart, one of New Zealand's most decorated property management companies. So you had good grounding along the way. You would have had good support along the way. Um, what oh, made definitely. Yeah. So what made it unique that, I mean, because Wendell Property Management were, you know, you've obviously got the involvement there, you're married to Natalie, Susan started the business, the mother, all those years ago. Uh, You've really kind of brought a a unique, almost like a hospitality element to that business. 
Um, you know, what made you identify those those key points where you saw there's a bit of a gap in the market? Look, it's an interesting one. We always sort of joke in the story that it was a lot of it was timing. We came back in 2008, you know, the end of the recession, and, you know, we had a bit of cash in our pockets, and, um, you know, we had all of this energy and enthusiasm, and we were very lucky because, obviously, we had Susan, who knew property management. We didn't we didn't know it at all, but we also had John Crocker, who came on board as a business partner with us yep. early on, so we were very privileged from that point of view. But these are the good old days, the glory days, where to win a new business, all you had to do was pitch up. Yeah. Um, you know, stories of Natalie and I and Inchika that were like, oh, why did you choose to go with us? Oh, well, we're called three agents and you're the only one that actually showed up. Yeah. And so it was just amazing of how easy it was to get started in that point of view and really kind of look at it. The more we kind of changed, the more we realized that actually this is a unique proposition because we have two customers with opposing needs. How do we balance those two things and supply a service to both sides? And so we started to build the business around that and that's where we kind of grew this model, which we, we love being a small boutique family-run business and that's what we're going to keep it as. And um, yeah, it's just sort of, I guess it, it naturally kind of identified itself. The more we kind of involved with both of those sides, that push and pull, there had to be a relationship, a symbiotic relationship between those two. I mean, you say it's a small boutique business, but in terms of uh, size-wise, I mean, when you look around New Zealand, it's 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 not that small, really, is it? it it's a sizable, you know. You've got you know hundreds of landlords. You've got hundreds of, of. I mean, we won't go into you know an intellectual property, but it's it's not that small, is it? No, I mean, we just broke 700, you know, I don't mind, you know, telling mm-hmm. you that it's, um, and, but I mean, our kind of numbers to keep it below eight, um, once we get over that point, it just requires, um, a lot more management, a lot more involvement and, and our kind of focus is now what we can, what we can do to sort of better the industry really. Um, that's, I think where our, our passion truly lies and, and, you know, my wife, Natalie wants to do a lot more about, um, the environment and things we're, um, looking at how we do that there. We've just got a full fleet of electric vehicles and we're basically got a plan to be carbon, um, zero by 20. 19 so sorry 2020 um so we're on track for that as well so just some different changes in how we can kind of use it as a vehicle for for good that's a fascinating concept you've got there a carbon zero property management company i mean is that going to relate to the houses that you manages i mean that that's not going to be possible is it i mean but are you going to have a criteria yeah, it could be like we've done the we've sort of um, had some consultants in and it's still early stages but we're sort of identifying that the average household uh can be roughly offset by 33 metric tons of um, carbon per year which is basically um, I think something like 45 trees so if we were to plant 45 trees per property that we could actually do that so look, there, there could be some sort of options and, and sort of things in the future but um, still sort of exploring it the first step is for us to have a zero footprint as a business and then to be able to offer that perhaps to landlords um, and or tenants through some sort of mechanism would be quite exciting as well I mean you may have to go and buy a big plot of land in central Otago <laughs> and, and plant a tree every time you win a management it could be as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I think well, our, our values as a as a human race are changing, and I think that um, if we're to look forward ten years, you know, what's it going to be like for our children? I know you've got young children as well, David. I've met the delightful kids. You know, what world are we leaving them, or what are we teaching them about their place in the world? And that's kind of where uh, we're starting to think next. Right. Okay. Because I mean, there's a lot of, um, and we'll probably all see a lot of these companies at, at LPMA where we're starting to see. Property, you know, there's technology which is really coming in now. Uh, Reading Gower yeah. House has got to perform. I mean, I interviewed this fantastic guy, Brandon uh, Van Blurk yes. from from Tether. Remarkable, yeah. remarkable person. There's no doubt New oh, Zealand, product, yeah. yeah, yeah, great product. But there's no doubt New Zealand housing. It's not exactly, particularly the rental stock, environmentally friendly, is it? 
not at all. I mean, you know, we even right back in the early days, um, you know, we, we cut down native trees to build timber floors and villas. And, you know, that was sort of the extent of, of what we kind of did. And they're not environmentally friendly and they do have quite a bad footprint because we, we don't actually have good levels of insulation and building. We're pretty late to a lot of that mark. As you know, coming from England, I mean, everything's central heated and everything's double glazed. That's just standard. The price here is still so high that it's very hard to justify those things for a rental point of view but I think that something needs to give and um, you know I've had this conversation it's been controversial I say to property managers look the reason why the legislation is here is because as an industry not just as professionals but also private landlords we've failed we haven't actually supplied yes. good quality housing stock to the market and so yeah, we can we can whinge and moan and complain and kick and scream, but we're here because we haven't been able to change the mentality of our owners or change the industry ourselves. You know, I've had that same conversation where I'm saying, look, we wouldn't need a healthy homes guarantee bill if landlords provided warm, dry homes. The, the point is, we don't. And, um, you know, landlords, typically, they don't want... And they can understand why it's an investment. It's got to make money for them long term. They don't want to be throwing money what they see unnecessarily so however you know what we've left now is i mean we've got third world housing in a first world country in some in some cases yeah. and you're paying a premium for it you know if you look at centers like auckland you know what you're paying you know a couple hundred dollars a week per bedroom um you know really for for a property which is as you say third world in a lot of respects so i think that the healthy homes is going to be the beginning of what we're going to see i think mm. there's going to be new incarnations that come through and um I did, i've been encouraging our property managers and, and people that i talk to as well to, to look ahead what's next and to try to be ahead of that curve and yes at some stage every property is going to have a heat pump in the lounge but because uh, you know, that's part of the healthy homes gap but what what could we do to set ourselves apart? Perhaps it's actually putting a central heating system in, or perhaps it's being a lot more proactive with the levels of insulation through the walls and things. Who knows? But doing something to set, set yourself apart and, and to plan ahead as well. So could you could you see a point, Ashley? I mean, this is a little bit out there, but I mean, I, I imagine the technology is already there to do this. But when you go and do your your inspection, maybe on an annual basis, the the landlords getting report, but also a carbon footprint of how their property is performing, and in relation to Absolutely. where it could be. Yeah, well, I mean, we already have digital, um, you know, power readings that go out for gas readings and so forth. So we know what, uh, you know, tenants are consuming. If we actually look at, you know, the other impacts that come in it, we could actually track water that goes in, can't we? So obviously wastewater is a portion of that that comes out. So really we could actually have uh, not only a star rating, if this is a five-star property because it performs at a certain level, but also um, your tenants could actually have a star rating. Well, this tenant is a, a five-star um, tenant as far from the point of view of um, footprint. So yeah, the, the, the future and how quickly things are changing and the data that's coming out of not only properties, but also the people in the properties is, is going to be incredible. And that's where the big growth opportunity is that prop tech companies are getting so excited about. Yeah, I mean, I did this interview with Bob Walters, uh, the, the Australian yeah. legend, and we touched on that whole who owns the data. And I've just been over to a, a leadership forum with, with, with ALO. And I mean, oh, look, yes, yeah. it, 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 and I, I mean, I look at what, Tappy, the maintenance company, are doing with artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting. It's also a little That's bit crazy. frightening as well. I mean, you know, are, are we? Petrifying. Yeah, are we going to get to a point where all these properties are just data's being transformed to the property management company, and the actual need for a human being to actually do an inspection? I mean, how do you see they the future of the industry evolving? Yeah, look, it's a good question. At the 
moment, I think it feels like a bit of a, a two-horse race, right? There's property management companies that are trying to improve our service, trying to improve um, our customer experience, and then there's prop tech, which is trying to sort of, I guess, run us out of a job. That's the way a lot of people look at the industry. Um, I don't share the same views. I think that the more property technology is there, the more there is going to be need for a, a person to be able to interpret that data and to implement the correct decisions for a landlord. So there's still, we may become more asset managers or relationship managers or property PAs, however you kind of want to call it, but there's still going to be a need for our industry, but we're going to have to change and evolve um, significantly. You see, what I'm trying to coach when, when I go around the country doing what I'm doing, uh, I'm trying to get across to property managers is that, look, you know, you have to upscale because ultimately if, you know the, the days of reactive management are just going to disappear. You've got to you've got to be almost like a, a, a legal consultant or a compliance consultant yeah. or whatever to yeah. see your landlords. Yeah, I mean my my property managers here in, in Auckland they actually all carry moisture readers and they're trained on how to use them, and so already like that's part of their inspection yeah. process to check those things. More and more, we're finding that you're going to have to have a construction background or some sort of ongoing education that's going to give you the same sort of skill set to be able to identify problems and resolve them in a way which is best for the landlord and the property it's it's amazing stuff i mean we saw that um the conference we hosted with palace at the start of the year one of the things that michael abbott the ceo of palace got up on stage and he, and he said and this word these words have always stuck with me uh property management is in its infancy like we're just scratching the surface and it is all about the data that you're accumulating. Is that a danger sign for smaller companies, though, like the, the boutique ones? So say if you're a barfoot, you've got 10, 15, 20,000 managements. You've got all this data. You've got a great market advantage, haven't you? How does a small boutique company with, say, maybe 100, 200 compete with that? Yeah, look, the 100s and 200s, I think, are going to be fine because they will be able to grow. I think below that, it's hard. Um, if you are a one-man band and you're out there and you you're, you're busy servicing your clients needs you're not going to have time to step back and put your foot on the gas and, and focus on innovation and focus on what you can actually do with the data you're getting um, so I think that that's an interesting thing we are going to see perhaps some of those smaller um, players in the market need to either merge or come under a franchise or come under something where they can ultimately leverage but there's there's a concept really where it is um the market also needs to grow. So that's the other side of it in New Zealand. We need to actually turn this tide of private landlords managing their properties um, and they need to see the value in us. So that's why I think as, as you're right, Michael said it's in its infancy, it is. We really need to be able to prove our value to the market that we're worth more than 8%. We should be worth 10%, maybe yeah. more than that. You know, like we are their wealth curators when it comes down to it. Good managed property, good managed tenancies, it actually is, is setting them up for their retirement. Um, yet we don't actually have to have any formal training or qualification, which you know makes me really sad because, if again, if we were all, as property managers, being very proactive in our education, like a lot are, then it wouldn't be a problem. But you know too many stories out there in the media that those that aren't. So yeah. that's why I admire what you're doing and trying to get that education to the people in an affordable and, and prompt way. And so, yeah, encourage everyone to do that. Take it up. Come to conferences. Speak to people. Um, take up David on his training and things. Subscribe to every email you can possibly can and just have a thirst for knowledge. It's yeah. the only way that we're going to be able to survive this. I mean, look, that, that's probably something that has been what I've realised in the last 12 months, 18 months. There's, there's just this now. You can almost see it's becoming a, a, it's a thirst for knowledge. But let's be honest. 
I mean, as an industry, we've we've failed over the last five, ten years, really, haven't we? You know, yeah, well, we, I don't we disagree. It's it's hard to say, especially you know, with my role as LPMA and having these great members and seeing what they do. But it, if you look at the the market as a whole, and I do, you know, we do obviously say that there are seventy percent landlords that still manage their own property, so they are part of this conversation. But yes, we have failed. That it hasn't been a, a good result. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's why tenants have had to fight. You know, there's advocacy groups. Tenant advocacy groups shouldn't necessarily have to be there if we were doing everything correctly because they're one of our important clients, part of that symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, we've talked a lot there about the history, the, f- the future, what's happening in the moment. I mean, let's talk about your, the, the conference now, the LPMA conference. That's coming up soon. I mean, you've told me the ticket sales, they're really, really good at the moment. What, we're going to be seeing more than 300 people there? Yeah, that's that's basically where we're sitting. So um, look at this stage, it's just a matter of um, fitting in more people where we can. I don't want to say no to anybody because like we're talking about, if you've got a thirst for knowledge and education, you should be able to have that. And so um, look, I know that even Rian's at their conference was a great conference a few weeks ago and um, they had 20 people pitch up on the day that hadn't registered and um, they did the right thing of get them in and squeeze them in um, because they just know that this is this is how we've got to change this tide. So um, yeah, hopefully we don't have anyone pitch up on the day. Please get your tickets first. <laughs> um, and I have also said that um, you know David will be doing a, a draw later on for a, um, a couple of free tickets that um, he's got as well. So if you haven't got your tickets sorted, um, do touch onto that later yeah. on. Yeah, and don't turn off this podcast because you've got to listen to this whole podcast to listen to to, to get that chance. <laughs> it's a key word, right so, at the very end. Absolutely. Yeah, right to the very end. Um, but look, it's, it's going to be a good event. We've actually got 25 sponsors coming through. Four of those, uh, sorry, five of those have actually designed a healthy home system. Yes. Um, so really good if business owners are always asking me what should I do what should I do I say at the moment you've just got to wait and see which third party process is coming through most of them have worked with MB and actually got um, you know the, the clarification on a lot of the terms and they're all offering a similar product with a different approach so there's a lot of really good sort of um, things that have come out of that some other great sponsors like Real IQ um, and of course all the likes of, of Palace and so forth are going to be there so um, interestingly enough we've got every single software provider this year so console property me Rockin and Palace are all going to be there, so you can kind of evaluate if you're looking to move as well. So mm, there's a lot going on. So it, it's it's a, it's a not to be a missed event, isn't it? it, it it's it's what's been the success of this conference? Because really, I mean, it, it's yeah, come, it's yeah. literally, it's it's come out of nowhere in the last few years to become the the. the I'd say it's probably probably me, David. so hard to be able to create an environment and culture where learning and sharing is important and I think that um, you know we've seen the space change a little bit for people in franchises they're not getting the same kind of leadership and support that perhaps they are I mean I know that there are great people doing work in there I have a lot of time for Zach and everyone as well Um, but obviously they're they're spread more thin there's a lot of demands from them from lots of different places and so people are looking for a sort of a neutral sort of holding um, I think it may change as well. Like Rians are finally picking up um, that they need to treat property management as individuals, and so they've got some awesome people in there. I've had some great conversations with them. I know you have as well, David, what they're planning in the future. So I think that that's exciting to see that we're back on their radar. But in, until then, you know, LPMA has kind of been one of the only sort of go-to places for people to kind of share and believe, but also celebrate. You know, mm. it's hard as a as an independent office without a franchise attached to you. There's no way to kind of be recognised or benchmark yourself against other people. So sometimes. It's it's nice to be able to have the awards. I mean, we received uh, almost 90 submissions to the awards um, categories. We only got eight categories, so yeah, you know, it's um, 
or seven categories. So it was quite amazing to see, just to go through. It took a bit of a long week to go through all those for the judges. I pity them, but that's all right. Um, <laughs> and so we'll be announcing those finalists uh, later on today. So, so yeah. we're going to hear them. Yeah, that's going to be very exciting. There's going to be some disappointed people at that dinner, though, aren't there? So many people going in for the awards. Oh, you can, yeah. you know, I, I mean, I've I, look. I used to be on the receiving end of it with with Watsons when I was at Property Brokers all those years ago. It used oh, to yeah. you just used yeah. to give out, oh my god, he's won a bloody again. Anyway, but that's yeah. that, that, that. There's a, a bit of that, yeah. yeah. Well, the rent shop are two years in a row, and they're they're gunning for a third. So um, uh, interesting to see how that sort of pans out. We'll find out this afternoon if they're even in the running for it. So um, yeah. yeah. So you talk. I suppose. Yeah, so you touched on the franchise model before, and that's where LPMA, and, and you mentioned about, you know, Zach Snelling, who's the, the head at Ray White, um, the, yeah. the, him doing a good job, but it, it, it's 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 something which these franchise models have always felt as well. With all these, like, online services or whatever it may be, they've, they've, it's, it's, they've got to do more and more and more to retain... Um, the, the, the consumers, which are these these franchisees all around New Zealand. Yeah, and it's, it looks so much is changing that space, and it's like their job is not only to provide brand support but also education. And look, it's it's hard, and I think that um, you can't just look at one area and expect it to give you everything, which is I think franchise has historically done. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a reason why industry bodies like LPMA and and Reins exist is to be able to kind of share and collaborate and and perhaps fill in those missing gaps and. What I love about it is the community model. I, I get to come to these events, and before I was, um, you know, running LPMA, I was have been a member for ten years, and I loved meeting people like Haley and like yourself, David, and having the conversations about their business and sharing from their experiences. That's where all the learning happens. It's all the breakouts. It's why lunch yeah. is an hour long and all those sorts of things. That's where all of the magic happens in conferences. Is the in between times. You know, it, it's something I've kind of feel about our industry, Ashley. Is that. Um, I mean, there is that willingness even to share with your competitors that, that information. How, how then have we got a situation where we are almost, you know, when we've got all these good people within our industry who want to share information, they want to improve, they want to get better, yet in the public we're almost vilified by a, a percentage of the yeah. population on social media in the media, in news, there's not a day goes by where there's a almost feels like there's a story of about of a property manager, and I've seen the emotional effect it has on some people who appear in these news stories. It's it's not nice. How how's it got like this? You know, I wonder if we touched on it earlier that the problem is actually not the property managers. The problem is the housing stock. Yes. You don't hear you know a bad property manager that has a brand new home in Hobsonville, you know that's fully insulated and fully double glazed with a self-contained you know watering unit and all of those things, and you know three heat pumps. You don't hear about crap service for those areas. You hear about it in all of the areas where you're dealing with twenty-year-old housing stock which was poorly built with poor products and badly maintained since. So I I, I wonder if we're being vilified for the fact that we are responsible for substandard housing. And we know we aren't. We are, we are yeah. si simply an intermediary, but it's not how the public see it. They see the fact that we are a professional organization who are putting our name, our brand, and our reputation against a product, and we are selling that product. And when that doesn't meet expectations, then they look to us, which is not wrong. 
So we do need to take some ownership over that. And I know it's been a huge change in the last 10 years. I know a lot of owners and new businesses have turned around and said, no, we're not going to work with those landlords unless they do X. We're not going to actually do this and mm. here. And, um, you know, even Barford and Thompson said it the other day, they lost 300 managements um, to the insulation issues. People saying, no, they're not going to insulate, so they just let them go. That's a, that's a ballsy move. That's half a million dollars worth of asset value there that they said goodbye to. But they have standards and they're only as good as their last performance and they know that. So, yeah, kudos to them. It takes a lot of courage. So... I mean, a lot of people with good courage out there. Yeah, I mean, it, it's for the Barfoots, it's, you know, 300, it's a lot of properties that get that. But for a small <laughs> operator, yeah. it's, it's you know, you could be wiping out 20% of your business. And, and Yeah, I mean, it's not uncommon to, to hear that people have had to give away between 5 to 10% of their business um, for the lack of insulation. So healthy homes, they're petrified. What's that number going to be? Yeah. And it's a good question. Um, and it comes back to, again, what are we prepared to kind of, you know, stand for. We have to stand for something or we fall for anything. Is that the phrase? I can never remember. But as an industry, I mean, I've always felt, and be interested to get your views on this, that we've never quite been able to go as an industry with a, with a united voice. I have always kind of felt with a little bit, we beat ourselves up a little bit too much. We're scared to make a stand. I think meth is a prime example of that where, you know, yeah. we, we were all so scared of getting sued by landlords for giving, oh, no, you've you rented out this house. Where actually yeah. we need to draw a line in the sand as an industry and say, excuse me, you know, we're not, we're not going to tolerate this. It almost happened with that recent privacy uh, guidelines that got released. I mean, that's true. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's an element of calling bullshit on the whole thing, right? Yeah. You know, it's like as an industry, we need to do that. And I look at you're right. You and I share very similar values on this that we actually need to be uniting and be a stronger voice. So, you know, recently I've been talking a lot with the guys at Reins and a lot with the guys at um, the Property Institute, which is the Independent Property Management yep. Association, have joined them now and say, look, the three of us together, along with some of the tenant advocacy groups, can really affect some good change. Let's stop, you know, trying to say that you can't. One of them says you can't belong to us if you belong to the other one, and that, there's no room for that, as no. far as I believe. No, that's ludicrous, isn't it? That's ludicrous doing yeah. that. And that's where we get a disjointed industry. So how do we bring it all together, Ashley? I mean, you know, are you a member of all? Do you become a member of Rhines? Do you become a member of LPMA? Do you become a member of IPMA, which is now ProMins? I mean, it all gets very confusing for the public. And we're going, it's all too bloody expensive as it, well. And it is expensive as well. So, so how do we unite an industry where you've got three bodies which you can be members of? Look, it's an interesting one. Uh, you've... I don't want to say you choose a horse you back, but at the same time, you've, you've got to be across everything. So maybe you're not necessarily a member of all the organizations. I mean, I am. If everything I can, you can't be a member of um, the, I, the Property Institute if you're a member of Reins, and I've, I've chosen Reins. Yep. So we pay our subscriptions for Reins, and we pay our subscriptions for LPMA, and I believe that they, they serve two different masters, really. I'm, I'm part of Reins because they lobby the government on my behalf. They give good legal advice, and I believe that it is a way to kind of change the legislative um part of our industry. LPMA has always been a community to help me better my business and so I want to have conversations with people about improving the business of property management not just actually the legislative side so that's where the two play hand in hand but look it's hard I just think we need to have times where we get together and we share and we collaborate you know we actually work harder to um push back this tide of negative media. Mm. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, um, actually doing some great media training for our property managers and for our business owners. Um, you know, you, you've had a lot more experience than, than a lot of us with actually speaking to the media, but they can twist things so carefully. So oh. you've actually got to be quite deliberate with you've, what you say. You've got to be, I've learned that you've got to choose your words very, very carefully mm. when, you're, when you're talking to the media. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's there's great training, which which we all need really on, because... 
you know, you can find yourself on the front page of stuff, you know, within minutes of something oh, happening. Absolutely. And, and it's and it's emotionally it's it's it can destroy you. You know, I mean yeah. what what role I mean, this is I mean, I'll be touching on this when I'm doing my little bit of a of a talk at your conference is is, is on leadership. Now I saw a lady speak not long ago and, and these comments stuck with me. She said that leadership has never been harder. I mean, what, in your opinion, makes a great leader? What, what are the traits and what's the roles and responsibilities we've got to drag this industry forward? Good question. Look, what makes a great leader is somebody who inspires who inspires other people to be the best versions of themselves. And I think that if you can do that, if you can inspire the right people, that the change will follow. Um, I think that also as much as that, though, you need to have a vision. If we think about some of the best leaders in, in history, they always had a purpose, a vision for what they believed and that they got people on board for. So I guess uh, as an individual business, we've got to be able to have a vision and it can't be just to make money. You know, it's got to be something more than that. And that's sort of, I guess, where... Wendell's and, and Natalie and myself are going through a bit of a renaissance as a midlife crisis as a business, I guess you could say. You know, what is it that we, um, we know what we don't stand for, we know what we want to do, provide good level of service to both of our important, you know, our clients, but also to provide a high level of quality properties. But more than that, what are we actually going to leave behind and how are we going to help them facilitate a better future? So that's what we're kind of looking at. And, and it's going to be different for everyone. You know, your passions are different. But um, what makes a good leader? I think it's it's those things, but it's also what you don't stand for. You know, um, bullying in the workplace, crap landlords, giving your, your property managers hard time. If you stand for those because they've got a big portfolio and writing you money, then, then everything you do as a leader can be undermined. So it's um, sometimes what you let slide is the the mark of a good leader or not okay and, and to end with i mean i think we've got a, an issue in our industry well i don't think i know the churn rate of, <laughs> of of people coming into the industry and then just leaving i mean we see it through, yeah. through the qualification and we actually now at the point where we say give it six months before you get qualified to make sure the industry is right for you because there's yeah. no point making that it's commitment hard. how do we retain because we need good, good quality, we need good quality people. How do we attract we do. and how do we retain? Well, look, I think that it's twofold, and you and I have had a conversation about this as well. But I think that we actually need to be promoting property management to young people as a viable career. You know, there's nothing in schools, there's nothing really in any of the the wins programs or the career programs that actually talks about property management. Sometimes, you know, they'll talk about re real estate as a whole, but that tends to sort of be looking towards sales and things. But this is a great career. I mean, I, I just saw the other day that somebody celebrated their thirtieth anniversary at Goodwins, and like just that's incredible as a property manager and I know it's controversial you've heard some people say that there's you know there's there's, a, there's a, an expiry date for every staff member and so forth and that may be the case per organization but it's not the case for property managers I believe it can be a good industry you know I've seen that with Susan she's 30 years in and she is still just as passionate as the kids who are starting with us yeah. you know she loves people and she loves the fact that she can provide a, a good roof over someone's head she actually sleeps well at night because she can do that so how do we promote it I think we need to make sure that we're paying well that we're protecting our staff from the worst of it and that we're giving everybody the tools be it the technology or be it the support yeah. or the training and the education to really become a master at it paying well there's really no other way about it yeah paying pay well, paying well. Yeah. but if we but if we keep discounting and, and slashing each other's throat by undercutting you can't do it because the profit margin is not there you know so no. 
always it's hard when I speak to people in the regions and things. I know that we're spoiled in Auckland. I have a very high average management fee and a very high rent. Uh, you know, our average rent is almost seven hundred dollars per property. So mm. we can pay our property managers well to run less. Um, but it does, you know, it is it is still a hard market. You know, they're still a lot of demanding and they're having to do a lot of legwork for letting and things and I'm sure a lot of businesses are seeing it it's only got harder since the letting fee changed it's mm. only got harder since the healthy homes has finally kicked in and all of these different things are just going to make it harder and harder so what we need to do is offer them better support better training um, you do some amazing training on conflict resolution you know those things that should be mandatory for for someone in this role you wouldn't send someone else in the, you know a, a police suit to um you know go straight and take on a riot without yeah. any sort of training but somehow we expect our property managers to yeah. do the same verbally and emotionally you know yeah. it's it's the same kind of thing we're sending them straight to the coalface it's it's like sending millennials to tell baby boomers how to manage the property is, is not easy and uh, yeah, yeah there's got to be good training around that portfolio, but let me tell you what I think yeah. you know, it's, it's a tough one so some training and education is really important and if you don't know say you don't know and then do some research yeah okay alright so it's Ashley Giles he's the head of LPMA uh, he's the head of three kids and he's not the head of Wendell because Natalie really runs the show there that's true uh, I do not wear the pants there let's be honest so so we got so you know, tell us about what we've got we've got a couple of tickets to give away for, for the con- which is look it's, it's, yeah. it's got to sell out Absolutely. do you think it's going to sell out the conference it will yeah, and look, I'm probably going to have to close ticket sales in the next two weeks, so absolutely, if you haven't got them, get them now. Um, but obviously, if you haven't got anything, we'd love to uh, have it along. So yeah, two tickets can be two people from the same office, two individuals, totally up to you. Um, I think David's going to talk to what it actually is to get that. Um, but yeah, we would love to see everybody who can get to the conference. Yeah, so LPMA and Ashley, they've very kindly agreed at the start of this uh, podcast is to, they've got to give away two free tickets. So what you've just got to do, um, this is going to be up on our on, on on iTunes, it's going to be on SoundCloud it's also going to be on our Facebook page so what we want you to do is if you um, tag the, the, the podcast and share it with a friend then you are in the drawer and we'll make an announcement uh, we'll make an announcement on the 1st of September uh, so, so you've just got to make sure that you can get to Auckland you've got to make sure you can get to Auckland the conference, what's the dates of the conference again Ashley it's over, what is it, Thursday yeah, the 5th and the 6th that's right, 5th and 6th, the gala dinner that night as well, which is bring your best frock, it's going to be fantastic, we spend a lot of money on the party, we've got a great band, and it's an open bar, so it's going to be good, oh, nothing else that's uh, definitely worth it, but um, yeah, tickets are great, I mean, they're $850 value at the moment, so two two free tickets is pretty exciting, David, oh, so God. yeah, good job. That's great, and you've got, wear your best frock, I'll be wearing my best frock, and we'll have a free bar. You look great in a dress, my friend. <laughs> So, so heels, you're always too tall when you wear the heels. Yeah, well, very good, very good. Okay. Anyway, Ashley, thank you so, so much for joining us on the Real IQ Property Management Podcast. Remember, Real IQ, no one trains more property managers in New Zealand than Real IQ. We are the home of the New Zealand Residential Property Management Level 4 Qualification, and we're also the home of the Real IQ Academy, which has been launched really for an introductory level for property managers. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Ashley, Thanks again. Thanks, David. Appreciate it.